Thank you for joining us today for a word from the Lord. Today is part three of Turkeys and Eagles. Today's message is entitled, A Child of God's Light. But before we get to today's message, today's special feature comes from last week's message, Created to Be Like God. Here is Dr. Foley Beach. That when God thinks of me, when God looks at my life, looks at my situation because I'm a Christian, that God views me just if I've never sinned. He views me through the cross, through the blood of Jesus, which purifies all of that. I've been justified. So I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven of my sin. But why do we have to confess our sin then? As 1 John 1, 9 says, if God's forgiven me, why do I have to confess it? It's for us. It's for us. It's so that I might be healed. It's so that I might be cleansed. It's so that I might be repentant. So that I might be convicted. So that I might be renewed in the Holy Spirit. It's for us. Now listen carefully. For us to forgive as Christ forgives means that we release them from the offense. We release them up. Now, yes, they should still come and ask our forgiveness. But my forgiveness is not a condition of them coming and asking. I'm already forgiving. This is what it means to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Now, if not, if I don't do this, what happens? Someone does something, I get hurt. I fester and I I nurse that hurt for a little while and then it turns into resentment. And then I get resentful for a little while and then my resentment turns into anger. And then I nurse that anger for a little while and then it turns into bitterness. And then the bitterness turns into malice or slander because when their name comes up, boy, do you. And then what happens? It turns into rage. The mere mention of it, the rage, and then it leads to brawling in many cases. You know, someone, you know, hits, you know, you get a fight. And that's all happening in me. It's not happening to them. It's happening to me because I won't forgive them. Forgiveness bypasses all of that. It releases them. And then my life is not torn up. Look at these verses again. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven us. You see, we were created to be like Him. And the first humans blew it. And then God and Jesus has given us the ability to be like him again, to be the fullness of who we're supposed to be in Jesus. You see, so many of us are missing out because we are not living the lives that he's called us to live. John 10, 10 says he's come. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. We're missing out of Galatians 5, which says the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace, and patience, and goodness, and kindness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all those wonderful qualities we're missing out. 
And we're missing out on the life of faith. Being able to trust God and walk with God and know God in all the affairs of our lives. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see, there should be definitely something about us that's different from the people in the culture. We have Jesus, the Son of God, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, living within us and empowering us. There should be something different. But we've been turkeyized. I want to encourage you this morning to soar with the eagles, to be who you were created to be. You were created to be like Him. Live it. Do it. You're somebody in Him. Let's pray together. Father, we get so distracted and we buy into so many things the world tells us. Help us, Lord, to follow You. Empower us, Lord, to be like You so that we might be the people You've called us to be. To live in fullness of life now, here, on earth for you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. That was Dr. Foley Beach with today's special feature. Here is today's message. Part three of Turkeys and Eagles, a worthy calling. This morning is the third in a series of sermons we've been sharing from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And we've been having a little fun with this using a paradigm of turkeys and eagles to try to look at what God might have to say to us out of Ephesians. God has made us to be eagle Christians. But so many times we have been turkeyized. In other words, the church or the way we've been brought up has taught us certain things about the Christian faith which really are not in line with what the New Testament teaches. And so what what I'm hoping to do is open up the words of Scripture to you a little bit in a way that will bring life to your life so that we are no longer turkeys in the faith, but we are eagles. Now, we began by looking at Ephesians chapter 4, which basically spoke about getting our minds right, thinking correctly. Because thinking has so much to do with how you live the Christian faith. Your behavior follows your thinking. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, the writer says, as a man thinketh within himself, so he is. Think about that a minute. As you think within yourself, so you are. That's why Paul in his letter to Philippians in chapter 4 verse 8 spoke about the importance of thinking about good things and excellent things and that's which is worthy of praise. And he goes on to say, if you think right, the presence of the Lord will be with you. If you have your Bible, open with me to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. I'd like to read this passage to you. And as we read it, I want you to think about how this might apply to your life. He writes, Be imitators, therefore, as God's dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality 
or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such thing God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Now, the first turkeyism I'd like to share with you this morning that we tend to fall into is this this kind of thinking, turkey thinking says this, my circumstances are such that there is no way God could be honored in my life. My circumstances are such that there's no way God could be honored in my life. Eagle thinking says, God gives me the ability to represent him in my life and in the world. Look at verse 1. Be imitators of God. We're to imitate him. He says, then he says, therefore, be imitators of God, therefore. Now, remember, whenever you see a therefore, you're supposed to stop and ask what the therefore is there for. Remember? The therefore is there because in chapter 2, verse 10, he said, we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In chapter 4, verse 24, we're told that we were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And in chapter 4, verse 32, we were told that we're to forgive just as Christ in God forgives us. And now here he's saying, imitate God. And how? Look at the rest part of the verse. As dearly loved children. We imitate him because he's our father. We're his children. Now think about your, those of you who have children. At a young age, they imitate you. At an older age, they end up emulating you. Because you are children of God, we're to imitate God. Now, how do we do this? Look at verse 2. We do it by living a life of love just as Christ loved us and living a life of sacrifice just as Christ gave himself up. He writes, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We imitate him in love and we imitate him in sacrifice. Alcoholics Anonymous has a saying called, fake it till you make it. Now, I'm not saying we're to be phony. I'm saying we need to start acting like who we are. We're children of God. So begin to imitate your God. 
You are a follower of Jesus. You're a person filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High. Imitate him. Now, some of you have already figured this out and have started doing this on some level. I think about this week. We had the golf tournament, and all of you that helped with that and spent hour upon hour upon hour to pull that off, that was a lot of sacrifice. When I think about those who are working on the Holy Cross preschool that will be opening in a few weeks, hour upon hour of work and sacrifice and dedication and love. One man who had to go down before on our behalf to the county commission arrived at 7 o'clock for the meeting. At 12.15 in the morning, he was finally called on. Sacrifice and love. I think about the folks that have gone on the hurricane relief missions. They've given up four days of their life and gone and sweated and did dirty work and did things that they never thought they would do, came back exhausted out of love and out of sacrifice. I think about the folks that went to Bolivia for 12 days, went down among people that most of them couldn't speak the language and did things they never thought they would do. They did it in love and sacrifice. Twelve days they raised the money to have to go. I think of the folks who worked so hard on our vacation Bible school this year, all the hours upon hours that went into planning, and then those who showed up and served the children and loved the children. I think about the youth leaders that went on the youth camp, which is our beach, we call it the beach trip. Some folks took their vacation time and went down and sacrificed sleep and and energy and all kind of things to to love kids and to serve them. I think about some of our folks who go into retirement homes and visit the elderly, visit people that nobody else goes to see. They're doing it out of love and out of sacrifice. On and on we could go. We're to imitate the Lord in love and in sacrifice. Well, another turkeyism that we have Turkey thinking says, sex is dirty and is not appropriate for Christians. Eagle thinking says, sex is a gift from God and is beautiful within the context of marriage. Look at verse 3. He talks about improper behavior for Christians. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And then he goes a step further and he talks about our talk. He says, nor should there be obscenity and foolish talk or coarse joking, which are all out of place. And then he goes from that to talk about what proper talk is. He says, rather, rather thanksgiving. Now, I was kind of wrestling with this and trying to figure out what in the world, how do I explain this to people? And I ran across a quote by John Stott kind of ties these verses together. He says, the reason why Christians should dislike and avoid vulgarity is not because we have a warped view of sex or either ashamed or afraid of it, but because we place a high view of it as being in its right place God's good gift, which we do not want to see cheapened. All God's gifts, including sex, are subjects for thanksgiving rather than from joking. To joke about them is bound to degrade them. Thanking God for them is the way to preserve their worth as the blessings of a loving creator. 
Now, I know we love to joke and we love to have a good time. I mean, our staff, we laugh and laugh. We just have the best time. And there are appropriate things to joke about. And then the scripture says there are inappropriate things. Now, God is pretty serious about this. Look at verse 5. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such thing God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. It's pretty strong. And then he takes it a step further in verse 7. He says, do not be partners with them. Now, the word partner here in the Greek language of which the New Testament was written is a word called sumatoikoi, which means a co-participant, a partaker. You're involved with it. It's the same word he used back in chapter 3, verse 6, when he talked about how Jews who were the first believers in Jesus were all of a sudden being put together with Gentiles who were now coming to believe in Jesus. And he said... They're partners. They've been merged. They're communing. And he's saying, we are not to do that with the world. We're not to do that with those who think like this. Sex is a gift from God and is beautiful within the context of marriage. But the world distorts it and we become numb and numb and numb. Pretty soon we're embracing all that the world teaches. Another turkeyism. Turkey thinking says, my light doesn't make much of a difference. Eagle thinking says, I am a vessel of God's light. I'm a vessel of God's light. Look at verse 8. He says, but you were once darkness. You were once darkness. Now when I hear that, I'm immediately drawn to 1 Corinthians 6, 9, which says this, do not be deceived Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is what I want you to see. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. And he goes on and talks about the transforming effects of salvation. That is what some of you were. You were in darkness. But then he continues, but now you are light in the Lord. Verse 8, live as children of light. You're now light in the Lord. You were dark. Now, I know some of us have been brought up in the church. And many of us don't say, well, I was in darkness. Because you've been brought up pretty much Christian. But I want to submit to you that when you're not living for Jesus as your Lord, meaning he's the master of your life, then you're in darkness. It's when we live for him. And he says, now live as children of light. In verse 10, he says, learn what pleases the Lord. When you got up this morning, most of us hurried off and got ready to church for church. What would happen if we began our day? Lord, show me what pleases you today and do it. Find out what pleases your heavenly father. Then he says, avoid the deeds of darkness, verse 11 and verse 14. He says, wake up, O sleeper. You see what happens, we become dulled, and then we become further dulled. Next thing you know, you're asleep, and you're not making any impact for the Lord. He says, wake up, wake up. 
You were once darkness, but now you're children of light. Reminds me of the story of this man who was driving his car, and on the back of his car, he had all these bumper stickers, honk if you love Jesus, and you know, follow me to heaven, those sorts of things. And he stops at a red light, and there's this older woman that's in front of him in the red light. The light turns green, and she's piddling with something and doesn't realize the lights turn green. And next thing you know, he's yelling out the window, all kind of obscenities at her. Come on, you know, on and on and on. And um, didn't realize a policeman was behind him. The policeman pulls him over and asks for his ID and checks identification and goes and runs a trace on the tags, comes back to the window and says, "Uh, sir, I'm sorry to bother you. I just wanted to make sure this was your car. I thought it had been stolen. Somebody with all these things on the back of their car acting like that, I didn't think this belonged to you. Well, so many times we have been made asleep and we just are lulled and lulled and lulled and we forget that we're no longer in darkness anymore. We are children of light and we are to live as people of light. We're children of light, but we've got to change our thinking. We've been turkeyized, and we get stuck, but we're supposed to be children of light. Jesus said, John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you believe this? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He also said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. And what I want to encourage you to do this day is to be who you are created to be. You're God's light. You're God's vessel. He wants to shine and pour his light through you. Just be who you are created to be. And you will be blessed. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you love us in Jesus. And thank you that you've given us eternal life. But Father, teach us how to be your children. Teach us how to walk as followers of yours. Lord, we don't want to offend people. We don't want to be obnoxious. We don't want to be weird. Just help us to be your children. Teach us how to do that, Lord. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. That was Dr. Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit awordfromthelord.org. There you will find today's message and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. Awordfromthelord.org has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit awordfromthelord.org. You can find A Word From The Lord on Facebook, and be sure to click the Like button to follow our feed on Facebook. 
you'll want to be sure to visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. You can also follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. Again, his email is foleybeach at a word from the Lord.org. You can contact us by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. Our mailing address again is P.O. Box 636, Monroe, Georgia 30655. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you. And we thank you for this opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us again next time for the next broadcast of A Word from the Lord. For Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord, it is our prayer that you would be seeking A Word from the Lord.